Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Today, I'm really excited about Rosie McKinney. Welcome to the show, Rosie. Thank you for having me. It's pleasure, my pleasure to be here. Awesome. You are the author of a new book called Fight for Love and the founder of Fight for Love Ministries. What's that all about? It is, as a friend lovingly described it, Fight for Love is an idiot's guide to porn addiction for women. For um, when you have a, a boyfriend, a husband, a partner who struggles with pornography, it's the effect. It's, um, I describe it as part memoir, part biblical battle plan, and part cliff notes. So everything you never knew you needed to know about pornography and how to deal with this in your relationship. And I just felt there was a big gap in the market because we go from messages in the media where porn's empowering, porn's beneficial, porn's liberating, um, all, the, all these messages. And then we've got the recovery books, which deal with the fallout, like your marriage is in crisis, you're on the edge of a nervous breakdown, and there's nothing in the middle, nothing to stop people, you know, careening towards this cliff. Um, so my whole um, ministry, my whole passion is, to, is early intervention, is to give wives the faith and the facts to be able to draw a firm line in the sand early, to be able to say enough as soon as it becomes an issue, not wait until, you know, you're on your knees and you've dealt with years of betrayal and deception and you're just broken. And at that point you issue this desperate ultimatum of enough. I can't do this anymore. I don't want that to happen anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to see women spend decades in really um, painful marriages. I don't want to see years of guys struggling on their own, hopelessly with addictions. I want people to understand what this is doing to their relationship, what it's going to do to their relationship and call it now, call it early, get help, raise the white flag. That's what it's all about. Amen. This hey. is so needed. And I have read your book. I've reviewed it. I love it. I think we need to get this into the hands of as many girlfriends, spouses, fiancés as possible. And that's why today I specifically want to ask you about what the boyfriends and the male fiancés need to know so that we can help and support our girlfriends, our fiancés, these women we love, and even spouses, even wives, whether they're our wives now or future wives, so that we can heal individually and as a relationship. I'm so grateful you're doing this, Drew. I really am because let's face it, there has been this misconception in the church that what a wife doesn't know, what a, what a girlfriend doesn't know, doesn't hurt her. And it's just not true. It's just yeah. not true. So I'm really grateful that you're willing to just get out there and smash that myth mm -hmm. and get some information out there. Yeah, let's do it. Rosie, why did you start Fight for Love? This was our story. Um, this was my story like 12 years ago. Um, I called it in my marriage on day eight. I, I realized that porn was significantly impacting our relationship and I called it. Now, before you get too impressed with my assertiveness and self-esteem, let me explain. This is not because I knew what I was doing. It's not because I knew that this was the right thing to do. It's because I'd already done it before. So before becoming a Christian, I'd already been in a long-term relationship with an unrepentant porn addict and I'd wasted years 
trying to placate it, trying to plead it, trying to compete with it, trying to ignore it. Nothing works. He remained refusing to see it was an issue. It got progressively worse. Everything fell apart. Um, so when this problem reared its ugly head again in my brand new beautiful marriage, I, I would just said, enough. I cannot do this again. I know exactly where this goes. And so I did exactly the right thing, which was draw that firm line in the sand, but I did it inadvertently. I did an accidental early in intervention, you know, early intervention. Um, and I, I said to him, <laughs> actually, no, honestly, I didn't say to him, I love you and I love our marriage too much to let this be an issue. I was just like, no, this is not <laughs> happening. I'm not doing this again. I advise people to you know, say it calmly and firmly, but I don't think I was calm or firm because I didn't know what I was doing. You know, it's just like, this is not happening again to me. I don't care that I've just given up my country and my job and my family and my friends. I am not doing this again. And I was just adamant. I didn't know what the future looked like, but I was not doing this particular path again. Unfortunately, my husband had hit rock bottom. Rock bottom. He had already lost a previous marriage to this. He was done. He was done. So he was ready to get help. So I was fortunate in that I didn't have the battle of trying to get him into, mm. into recovery. And I didn't have to do the journey alone until he caught me up. You know, I was fortunate in that, resp in that respect. Um, so that was our story. And then um, we got into recovery and he had community. I had to create community because there wasn't a community for me. And I discovered something incredible in community that this whole issue of dealing with pornography in your marriage is a really strange gift. Mm. It gave me so much more that I wasn't expecting. I mm. learned how to share my feelings. I learned mm. how to hear other people's feelings without having to fix them. I learned how to hear my husband, really, for the first time. Um, I learned how to stop feeling responsible for everybody in my life. Um, and this changed everything. It changed my relationship with my husband, my, my friends, my family, with God. It changed everything. Um, so I, I knew there was something special here in community and there's something mm. special about this particular type of fellowship where people are getting really honest really quickly because they're so desperate. This is so radical and this is going to be new information for some guys and for some of their girlfriends that, wait, if I get recovery for what my boyfriend is doing, that's going to be a gift to me because mm -hmm. that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> that sounds like a mess. Why should I have to pay for his mistakes? Um, yeah. And I have clients whose girlfriends or fiancés are resistant or reluctant to reach out for help at all, to, to have any kind of community around recovering from their significant other's porn use. Yeah. So what kind of help is actually needed for my significant other to heal from what I'm doing sexually? First of all, I just wanna validate that feeling like, why should I get into recovery is totally <laughs> normal and mm. everybody everybody feels like that just nobody goes hmm he's got a problem I, I i know i'm going to look at my issues it just doesn't happen you are angry you are upset you are hurting you are traumatized you're mad you're really mad like 
I, you know, I refuse to look at my stuff. It's him. He's the one with the problem. And that is totally and utterly normal. And I think it's a healthy response at that point because you're feeling your feelings. You're not stuffing them down again. I'm just going to forgive him. I'm just going to be graceful <laughs> and I'm not really hurting. Which, you know, yeah. sometimes the, the church does sort of imply that that's the way mm. to handle it. Just be more graceful, more forgiving, more mm. tolerant, more non-confrontational, more sexual. Do everything mm. you possibly can. Um, but actually you know, there was righteous anger. I mean, look at the ways that God got angry. He, he compared the Israelites to donkeys in heat because of their sexual immorality. He wasn't mincing words. He wasn't messing about. You know, that righteous angry is, is, is good and it's natural and it's important that you feel that the effect that it's had on you. However, it doesn't last forever. And there is a part where actually you start to look at what has been done to you. So let me talk about unmarried Okay, so why would you need to get into recovery if your husband's looking at porn? I have an analogy here, what, how I view marriage, and I think it will be helpful in this situation, in that we go into some marriage or relationships thinking that we're going to have a Cinderella. I can see you smiling. Um, we go into marriage thinking it's going to be a Cinderella story. You know, I'm the beautiful princess, he is the, the handsome prince, and he is noble, and he is strong, and he is courageous, and he is without sin, and he's going to sweep me off my feet, and we're going to live happily ever after. Okay, then you realize that porn's a problem. And you're like, oh my goodness, Cinderella has now turned into Beauty and the Beast. Somehow I've got the beast. He is looking at this <laughs> material and I don't know who he is and I'm scared of him and I don't know what I've got into. However, I'm still Belle. I'm still perfect. <laughs> I still sing to small animals. Um, and, you know, he just needs to sort out his stuff. He needs to learn to love. He needs to heal. He needs to, um, you know, sort his stuff out and then he can come back to me and then we'll have that glorious scene at the end where he transforms into the prince once again and somehow we've got back to Cinderella and it's all great. Perfect. Okay? Then I can marry him, right? Exactly. It was just a detour. It was just a, a yeah. temporary detour into a different film. The reality is we're all Shrek. We are all yep. Shrek. You know, <laughs> he's an ogre. He's a sinner. He is just human. And yes, he's a pretty, you know, stinky ochre at the moment because he's doing some pretty gnarly stuff. But you're also an ochre. You also have stuff and you are also broken in a different way. And it is possible for two ogres to be happy. Yes. And in fact, it's a much better story. It's the story that we all end up in marriage you know, but normally it takes us, what, 20 years to get there, 30 years to get there, when actually we realize, because that's what marriage does, it, it holds up that mirror and says, you thought you were pretty good, have a look at this, you know, that, and it's painful, and you sort of, but that's what, you know, it's, marriage is such a beautiful and brutal thing, because you do have to learn and grow, and, uh, you know, compromise, and, and just take that authentic look at yourself, and it's painful. What recovery does is it accelerates that process mm -hmm. and you get Shrek really early. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You do. So, um, you know, you get the whole box set really quickly. Um, and that's not a bad thing. <laughs> box set, you get Shrek one, two, three, four. I know, totally. <laughs> you, you get the whole lot. You get, you know, baby donkey dragons, the whole lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> in fact, my children are very similar to donkey dragons a lot of the time. Um, but that's real life and it's not a bad thing, but you just get it much earlier. And this is the, the common thread that I find with the women that I work with, certainly the women on my podcast team, is that they have found a level of authenticity, vulnerability and intimacy with their husbands that 
therapists that have worked with them have said, you don't normally get here until you've been married 25 years. Mm -hmm. This has forced you to actually admit who you are, mm -hmm. look at what's down there and learn to actually love each other. Come on. And, you know, walking down the aisle thinking you've got Prince Charming doesn't actually require that much love. Walking down the aisle knowing that not only are you marrying Shrek, but you're Fiona, that is love. And let's face it, they have a much better relationship, don't they? They do. I mean, yeah, and actually the movie Shrek is one of my favorite movies. See? It's so real. It is. And that means that for you boyfriends who are out there or single guys who want to get married later, this is so important because you are not marrying Belle. You are not marrying Cinderella. You are marrying an ogre. And it will be liberating when she gets to go through a healing process just like you. You don't want her to miss out on this gift, on this journey. If you're going on a journey, she needs to be going on a journey if you're going to be in it together. So there's that side of it. The other reason why she has to get into recovery is that she needs to be rock solid in her boundaries mm. because the best way that she can love you is understand that this is nothing to do with her. Mm. She did not cause your behavior. She can't control it and she certainly can't cure it. And she needs to be rock solid in why that's true. You know, learn about the brain chemistry um, and, and fully grasp that the, that the most loving thing she can do to you is set a, a, you know, a policy of zero tolerance on pornography in your marriage, that this is not gonna be a part of it. She is not gonna tolerate it. Mm -hmm. There will be consequences. If, if that acting out occurs, there will be consequences, not to punish, not to be punitive, but because this is gonna rock her world. This is absolutely gonna devastate her and she is gonna need time to, you know, maybe emotionally, maybe physically, she's gonna need time to actually process this betrayal of the marriage bed. And also, if you've been lying about it, because let's face it, guys don't often act out and then ring up their girlfriends and say, hey, guess what? I need, there's something I need to tell you. I just acted out right now. It just doesn't happen. You know, that um, there's a period where they're interacting, where, where guys are interacting with their girlfriends and everything's going on as normal. But the girlfriend is sensing that something's off. What, what's, she doesn't know. She doesn't know he's just acted out. So, she's, so in her head, she's going, is it me? Did I do something? He doesn't seem to be paying me any attention. He's not interested in me physically. What is it? And then they try and, you know, they turn themselves into pretzels, trying to work out, turn themselves mm. inside out, trying to fix this. And so then when the guy does confess and say, honey, something happened two weeks ago, it's like, it's so painful because not only is there that um, realization that, you know, your husband's done that and he's been looking at those women and it's, it, it really does hurt. It really does. Guys don't get that. You go, well, it's nothing to do with you, you know, and in their mind it's not, but it, that's not how women see it. That's really not how they see it. They compare themselves. How can I possibly compare with this? To me, this seems really important because I often get questions from guys saying, when should I tell my girlfriend? How much should I tell her? How often should I tell her about my struggles? What's your advice for the frequency and the limits of communication between boyfriend and girlfriend? Great, great question. I would say that um, if the guy's in recovery, and I'm assuming he's in recovery, okay, because we're talking about guys who are in your program or thinking about getting in your program, you know, they're in recovery. You do not, the, the girlfriend does not want to be his primary accountability partner. 
-hmm. You do not need to be that. There are two very good reasons for that. One, it's going to really bum you out. You don't need to hear that. You know, that's the bottom line. You don't need to hear that stuff. It's going to upset you. It's going to set you back. And also it should upset you and you should get angry about this because that's a normal, healthy response. However, a guy confessing needs to confess to somebody who is not going to be angry, who is not going to, you know, give him grief. He, he needs to get it out. He needs to be absolutely brutally honest about not only what he's done, but what he was thinking. He needs to vomit it out. It needs to come out. But he can't do that if he's going to worry about the impact it's going to have on you. Yep. So they just, they just don't work. You can't be his primary accountability partner mm -hmm. and you can't demand to know what he's thinking about all the time. Okay, because in recovery, you are not in control of your thoughts as much as you are in control of your actions. You know, mm. that will come later. Yeah. You can work on controlling the mind, but at the beginning. So to so be constantly saying, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? We'll just walk past an attractive woman. Did you see her? Did you notice it? What are you thinking about? Oh my goodness, that is just a recipe for disaster for you and for him. I mean, I've heard from, from women who said, I want to know his dreams. I'm like, he can't control his dreams. That is... That is not healthy. However, the guy does need to get that stuff out. And if he is allowing the thoughts to take root in his head, you know, everybody has passing thoughts. You know, that's just part of being human. They're attractive, okay? You know, everybody does that. That's a normal, healthy level of, uh, you know, just being human. But yeah. if he's allowing the thoughts to get, to, to take root in his head and he's obsessing over them, that needs to be confessed. And it needs to be confessed to one of his guys in recovery or his therapist or his counselor or his coach. Um, what does need to be confessed to his girlfriend is acting out, is behavior. She needs to know the extent of what she's dealing with. Is this a problem every day? Is this a problem every week? Is this a problem every month? I, I need to get a handle on what I am dealing with because if you are acting out seven times a day as opposed to once every six months, that's a different story. And mm -hmm. you need that information to be able to judge what is going on in your relationship. Is he getting mm -hmm. better? But it's not just about acting out. The, the things that, that girlfriends need to be looking out for are, is he changing with you? Is he, mm. is he opening up? Is he becoming more vulnerable? Mm. You know, is he developing friendships, real friendships with other guys? Those are the actions that you, that you can observe. And that's what makes you feel safe. So what you're saying is there are ways to build trust, even if you're still struggling. Absolutely. So... How can a boyfriend or a fiance give his girlfriend confidence that it's good for them to be moving in the direction of marriage? Two ways. One is, is to share with her what you're doing uh, in terms of recovery. I, I think it's good that she's kept in that loop. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to groups and I'm going to see this, this guy and uh, I'm making calls. Um, you don't have to tell her every time, but she needs to be aware that you are doing that and actively doing that. But also the other side is you need to be aware of the impact it's having on her and be mm. able to hear her mm. and allow her to express, do you know what? It really triggers me when we walk down the street and an attractive girl walks past. You need to allow her to say that. And in our ministry, we are telling the wives that they need to say, I'm being triggered, not, are you looking? You know, mm. we're working on both sides. You know, yeah. she's, not, she's not perfect and she might be reacting from her trauma. And, and it's like, you know, either saying something or going in a mood because, you know, she's been triggered because of something you've done and it all gets in this big spiral. What we're aiming at is um, those moments of when 
you know, the, the, the girlfriend gets triggered because there is an attractive woman for her to open up to the guy and say, Hey, this isn't your fault, but because of what we've been through and what we're going through, this is making me feel really uncomfortable. I just want to share that with you. Mm. And so he can turn to her and just say, you know, I hear you and, and I'm here for you. He doesn't have to, you know, apologize for every time. Like, I'm really sorry. This is my fault that I'm, I'm making you feel like this, but he does have to be there for her and be able to hear it without get himself getting triggered and feeling the shame of, of you know, because it's such a volatile situation. And yeah. so the, the thing that we're working on is increasing the intimacy together. So that you're both able to express vulnerably where you are without taking it out on the other person, mm -hmm. because that's the goal. That is the goal. And it is the intimacy between you and between you and other people in your support groups that will help you get rid of this addiction. Yes. It's about intimacy. It's about intimacy. Mm -hmm. It's not about just, you know, I am never going to look at a woman. It's, <laughs> You know, or I am never going to be triggered that my boyfriend has walked past an attractive woman. I mean, we live in California. I mean, yeah. I'm in a college town. I mean, you know, so our recovery community, it, it's like, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for people to be triggered all the time. Mm -hmm. So this is a common thread that comes up in our, in our discussions. And some of the women have developed a system where they just squeeze their partner's hand mm. when they're feeling triggered. So they don't need to get into a discussion. It's just yeah. an acknowledgement of like, hey, I'm feeling hurting. And then he could just put an arm around and just reassure her, you know, and, and then there's a moment that actually that could have gone horribly sideways, yeah. but actually it's a beautiful moment yeah. because it says to her, he hears me, he hears my heart and he's there for me. It's okay. It's and, validating. And yeah. And it's a healing moment. And if you're hearing that thinking, oh gosh, I want that. My relationship feels nothing like that. It's okay. You can take baby steps. And what I hear you saying, Rosie, is that what's most important in moving towards marriage is not having perfection in your sexual behavior, but having a really strong direction and momentum. Absolutely. You have to keep the goal in mind. You have to keep your eyes on the prize. What are you, why are you doing this? And that's another good reason why girlfriends, why it's a good idea to get into recovery, because it's not just about him stopping the pornography. Mm. That's not why you're doing this. You're doing this because you want the sort of marriage that you've dreamed of. Let's go. A sort of, <laughs> a sort of marriage where you have the level of physical, emotional, sexual intimacy that you never even dreamed was possible. That this guy not just becomes your, your best friend, but a best friend that you didn't even know existed because this mm -hmm. guy is going to know you better than anybody else because mm -hmm. you're, you're finally admitting to him stuff that you might not have even admitted to anybody else because you don't even realize it about yourself. This whole experience is gonna pull up so much. You know, you are gonna become Fiona. You are gonna realize, you know, who you really are. Mm -hmm. And then when you walk down that aisle, you know him and accept him and love him. And he knows you and loves you and accepts you. Oh my goodness. I can't think of anything more beautiful. I really can't. Same here. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> Rosie, for a guy whose girlfriend or fiance is resistant or reluctant to get help, how can he support her effectively? I don't think any girlfriend is going to turn around and reject a message of, I know this is affecting you. Mm. I know that my acting out with pornography, my compulsively seeking images of other women is affecting you. There's no way the work that I going to go, nah, 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 I'm fine. I'm good, actually. There, there is no woman on the planet. I do not believe it. I don't, I don't believe those media messages that I'm totally okay with, with my partner looking at pornography because even porn stars have come out and said, my partner's addicted to pornography and it bumps me out. You know, 
we, we are not okay with it. We want our guy to desire us and us alone. That's what we want. So I just think guys can acknowledge that it really does upset the wife, uh, the girlfriend. Sorry, I'm so used to talking to wives. It really does upset her. And not only the deception, sorry, the betrayal of like looking at other women and, you know, lusting after them, but also it's the deception. That's what really yeah. damages relationships. It's the not telling. It's the feeling like we we can't trust this guy because he's got this whole other secret life that he's not sharing with us. And that makes you feel really unstable. And I think if a guy came and said, not only I know this is affecting you, what I'm doing, but I know that it's affecting you, that I'm having this secret life. I don't want to have this secret life from you. It doesn't mean that I want to tell you every detail because I know that's not going to be helpful or healthy to you or me or my recovery. But I want to invite you into the recovery process so that you can deal with how much this is hurting you. And also you can learn from other women who've walked this path, how to set the firm boundaries that are going to protect you and me. The guy is calling his girlfriend to be, to love him in a, a way that she didn't want to, mm. you know, but she, he's calling her to, I need you to love me so much that you will stand up to me. Mm. Wow. Because I love you that much that I'm willing to, to say that. And I've got a story for you that just, Oh, it just made my day the other day. We had a, a woman in our support group who said that um, she she set that boundary with her with her husband. And you know, I love you and our marriage too much to let this be a problem. You need to seek help, okay? And so he did it, but he did it begrudgingly, and he got very angry because he wasn't really on board. But she was standing firm. And then um, a few days later, he came to her and he said, "I'm so grateful." that you did that and I'm excited to start healing. And she said that that was better than any I love you ever. That moment where he turned around and said, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that you stood up to me. I'm excited to start healing. I'm excited to start our new life together and thank you. I think, I think thanking, thanking a girlfriend for, for setting boundaries. I, I know it sounds weird, like you don't thank someone for tough love, but because it's, it's a difficult thing for girlfriends to do tough love. It's scary. I'm going to ask you a very difficult question. Okay. This is a question that some people might not even want to hear, much less your answer to it. At what point should a couple consider delaying or canceling their wedding because of porn? You have to feel secure that he has got a handle on it. And that you actually, A, you know everything. You know 100% what you're dealing with. I do believe that if you're going to get marry this guy, you need a full disclosure. You need to know, you know, what he's done. You need to know everything because you need to make an informed decision. If you're going to marry this guy, you need to know everything. If you're dating in the early days, you don't need to know, have a full disclosure. You certainly need to know how much he's doing porn. You don't need to know everything. If you're going to marry this guy and walk up the aisle with him and say your vows, you need to know what you're dealing with. And in addition to that, you need to see that he has a good period of sobriety under his belt and that he has the tools in place to withstand any storms that may come his way, but also that he is able to be honest with you and with other people, that he has got intimate relationships with other guys. My husband isn't perfect. He's always going to have a weakness in this area. However, he is totally capable of telling the truth. He tells, the, he tells too much truth. Uh, I don't need to know that much truth, but he, that is his thing. So I feel secure in that. And I also know that he 
um, has really strong relationships in place that he will tell other people the stuff that I don't need to hear, their thoughts or whatever. I, I don't need to know those, but I know that he has really good friendships because that's what it's about. As we keep saying, this is about intimacy. So if he has intimacy, he's not going to need his drug. He's not going to need his pacifier, mm-hmm. whichever that's is right. your term. Um, so when do you call it? When you don't feel safe, if, if there's constant slipping, if he's not, if he's not got a handle on it. And I wish I could give you a timeline, like he's got to be sober for six months or a year, but I don't think I can because I, I think it's different. I think if he's been acting out last week, <laughs> probably not a good idea. What would you say? I agree with you. I agree with you. What I would want to see first and foremost is direction and momentum. Cause even if he has a year of sobriety, but he's not growing at all, he's not healing at all that's still a risk. There also needs to be a certain degree of confidence in the behavior. Mm-hmm. Six months, a year, those are some great measurements. Ultimately, I think they need to decide as a couple. And the most important thing is to actually ask that question and be open to the possibility of delaying or canceling a wedding if it's not the right time. Yeah, so and I- right, yeah, right now it is very hard to plan a wedding. So there is lots of incentive to put it off already. And maybe you just want to ride that train so you can heal more before making those wedding vows. There's another silver lining to this whole COVID craziness. (laughs) Yeah. No more marriages where porn is undisclosed. I like it. Amen. In this episode, we've received a ton of motivation and education for how we can heal not only as individuals, but as couples, for the guy whose girlfriend or fiance needs support, where can she turn? Great question. So I would say, um, come and join our support group, um, Fight for Love Fellowship on Facebook. If you're not quite ready to take that step, why don't you listen to our podcast? It's a panel discussion show where we really give you a glimpse of what recovery sounds like and feels like. You get to hear what women in recovery talk about and how much affection there is between them and we hope that it's quite appealing and enticing and and comforting and encouraging and all that stuff so that's a that's a really baby step that you can do that's totally anonymous you can just listen to the podcast maybe join our facebook group certainly buy the book because that will give you sort of um that baseline of information that you know all women need to know at this point and then going forward um we signpost you to all these other ministries So these great groups that you can then join that will get into the healing for you. Yes. And I absolutely love that. I've been to your website. I've seen some of those resources. They're excellent. Some of them are higher cost, but the first step, you know, the triage, if you will, is fight for love ministries. And I'm so grateful that it exists. Thank you. All the links to this will be in the show notes. Rosie, thank you so much for being on the show. If I may, what is your favorite thing about freedom from porn? Um, the friendships that I have found, not only with other people, but my friendship with my husband, but also it's exciting to be on God's team and doing his work. Mm. It's really exciting. And to be able to give hope to people and see lives transform. It's really exciting. (laughs) I love it. I feel that excitement too. Uh, (laughs) This was a really fun conversation. We did another podcast episode on fight for love podcast as well so you can go listen to that if you want to hear the other side of it rosie this was so great i feel like there's so much more we could talk about absolutely absolutely to the men who are listening to the women who are listening always remember you are god's beloved children and in you he is well pleased